We're in a series called How to Get Your Life Back. I have so enjoyed the last two weeks, and I'm really excited about today. Genesis chapter 4, verse 25, and we're going to begin there. I feel a little preachy today, so if y'all want to help, you can help. If you don't, you don't have to. If you like to just watch, just watch, but if you feel an amen, if you feel a uh-huh, if you want to throw your Bible at me, whatever you feel, if you want to run around the building, I think we're going to have a great word today, and I feel like... Um, God's going to do something great. Genesis chapter 4, verse 25. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again. I got every man's attention when I just read that. This is a good preacher. I like this guy. This is good. (laughs) I'm so 12 years old, I can't not make a joke about it. Okay, moving on. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again. Everyone say again. And she gave birth to another son, and she named him Seth. For she said, God has granted me another son in the place of Abel, whom Cain killed. She named him Seth. For she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain had killed. Adam had relations with his wife again. Again. I want to preach from the subject today. Try again. Try again. No, this is not a message for married couples. Uh, I'm going to talk about faith today, but try again. Try again. Try again. If you know who you're sitting next to, maybe just give them a little elbow and tell them, try again. Try again. Try again. Can somebody type that in the chat, please? Try again. Try again. Father, I thank you that you are the God of restoration that you're the God who can take really terrible moments in our life and somehow work them out for our good and your glory. And so, Lord, I'm praying you do that today. I'm so grateful for your word. I'm so grateful. Your word has changed my life, and I know it's changing our lives corporately. I'm, I'm praying today, Holy Spirit, speak to us in a very clear and profound way that, that we would all know, no matter where we are on our journey, no matter what we currently believe, that we would leave this service, that we would log off this service in about 30 minutes and all say the same thing. I know that I've heard from God today and I'll never be the same. So speak in that way, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. Try, try again. So God creates Adam. Uh, Most of us know some form of this story. God creates Adam. And then God gives Adam the gift of a friend, the gift of a wife, the gift of what the old King James Bible called a helpmate. Uh, He gave him a partner in crime. He gave him a best friend. He gave him Eve. And we don't know how long Adam and Eve were on the planet before the fall. Some people believe that the earth is 8,000 years old. Others believe it's billions of years old. We don't, we don't quite know uh, how long Adam and Eve were here before the fall. But at some point, uh, obviously, they rebelled against God. They ate the forbidden fruit. They, they, um, they had that moment of rebellion as they listened to the serpent and they ignored the voice of God, and um, they fall. 
And God, in his mercy and in his grace, covers them. If you remember, they tried to cover themselves. That is kind of religion in a nutshell. I'm going to try to cover myself. They sinned against God, and they did two things. They hid, and they covered. They hid, and they covered. When you're going through it, and when you've made a mistake, the worst thing you can do is hide and go into secrets. The best thing to do is get out and talk about it and find strength in community and talk to God about it and talk to a friend about it. When, when you've made a mistake, the worst thing to do is go hide somewhere and just try to cover it up because it just never, it just never works out. Even if no one ever finds out, you know that thing is going to chase your conscience down for the rest of your life. The best thing to do is to get out in front of it. And so Adam and Eve, they, they fall from grace. They hide. They are now hiding. They're covering themselves in fig leaves. God goes and talks to them. And they said, Lord, we hid because we were naked. And God says, who told you you were naked? And then God in his grace, God in his mercy God being God because he's just so good the Bible said he covered them with animal skin he literally created clothes there was a some kind of death some kind of sacrifice it was obviously a picture of the lamb that was to come Jesus Christ he covers them uh, with that clothing he forgives them of their sin and now they begin to obey the original commandment of God, which was God blessed them and told them, be fruitful and multiply. And so now they begin to have children. They start with two boys, Cain and Abel. They, they have sinned. They have been restored. And now they are beginning to walk in the call of God. They are beginning to walk in obedience to God. They are beginning to do the very thing that God called them to do in the beginning and then tragedy strikes. Disappointment occurs. The unexpected arrives. Did I just describe 2020 to anybody? <laughs> the toilet paper ran out. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that it, I, I'm, I'm obeying God. I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm I'm walking with God and then seemingly out of nowhere, life happens. And the Bible said that Cain killed Abel. Abel was killed. Abel is an interesting Hebrew word because it means breath. It means to breathe. It means to blow. It means wind. I just wonder, I feel like I'm talking to somebody today, they might be in the room, they might be online, but somebody who just, you feel like you've gotten the wind knocked out of you. You feel like you've lost your breath. You feel like you just can't catch your breath in this season. Even this disease that has attacked our world is a disease that affects our lungs and our ability to breathe and our ability to catch our breath. And I just think for so many people that when life happens and the unexpected happens and tragedy strikes, it can just knock the breath out of you. It just knocks the strength out of you. And, and Abel is killed. The great theologian 
The great philosopher, the great thinker, Iron Mike Tyson said it like this. Everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the face. And maybe that's how you feel. I, I honestly, I have days like that where it's just like, where, where did that come from? How did that happen? Where did we, how, how did I end up here? And maybe you're asking yourself that. And in this moment of this pandemic, in the moment of this shutdown, there are the fears of the unknown. There's the financial fears. There's the health concerns. There's the, are my kids going back to school? Are they not going back to school? Are we going to homeschool? Are we going to try to find a private school? We, there's just so, there's so much where it feels like I had a plan going into 2020. And then I got hit by the enemy. But here's what Ezekiel is commanded by God to do in Ezekiel 37. God said, Ezekiel prophesy to the breath. Oh man. Ezekiel, you can get your breath back. You can get the wind back. You can get, you can catch your breath again. You've lost it. Abel has been killed, but you can get your breath back. You can catch your breath again. You can, you can pivot and get grounded and say, okay, wait a minute. Yes, this is not what I expected. No, I never thought Abel was going to die. No, I never thought Cain was going to leave. No, I did not think 2020 was going to look like this. But here we are. Here we are in a story as old as our ancestors, Adam and Eve. And like I said last week, it's new to us, but it's not new to God. It's new to us, but it's not new to the story of God. It's new to us, but it's not new to God's people. It's new to us, but it's not new to Scripture. We've all found ourselves losing Abel at times. We've all found ourselves losing our breath at moments, but we can prophesy to the breath. In other words, we can get the wind back in our life. And so again, we find ourselves in God's word. Answers that are as relevant today as they were in the beginning of time. So I want to tell somebody to try again. Everybody say that. Say try again. I want to tell somebody this is not the end for you. Try again. Let me give you three things I just want to give you real quick. Number one, if you're taking notes, believe again. Believe again. And Adam had relations with his wife again. I don't know how long it took. I don't know at what point they decided to move forward. But eventually, Adam had to make the decision that Cain's disobedience would not affect the rest of my life. I don't know when it happened. I don't know if it took weeks, months, or years. I don't know at what point Adam looked at his wife and said, we cannot be bound to one disappointment the rest of our lives. We're going to have to move forward. 
eventually I'm going to have to believe again. And maybe you're listening to me right now and you're going, I am not ready to do that. Okay, then you store this message away for a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. It might even need to be a couple of months, but go back to this when you're ready because there's going to be a moment that you go, okay, I can't stay in Cain's disobedience forever. I've got to move forward. I, I want to say it like this. The moment scarred me but I refuse to let it scare me. Come on. There, there's no doubt we've taken some punches. There's no doubt we've taken some wounds. There's no doubt that we've gone through some unexpected moments over the last five months. There's no doubt that many of us will come out of this season with some scars, but just because it scarred me, I refuse to let it scare me. I refuse to live in the defensive the rest of my life because of someone else's mistake. I cannot forget that moment, but I refuse to let it shape my future. Ooh. It's no doubt a part of my story. It's no doubt a chapter in my book. I just refuse to let it be my last chapter. Psalm 139 says, God has a book written about me in heaven. <laughs> and I think while God is still writing our story, we stop too early. And he goes, no, 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 that's just a chapter. I've got more chapters. I've got better days. Don't, don't, don't stop in a chapter that is uncomfortable. So much of what just happened to Adam and Eve was out of their control. But they had to choose what they could control. So what can we decide? We can decide our believing. And I'm telling somebody, believe again. Here we go, back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you've been with us for the last three weeks, you know the scripture now. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. And we also believe and therefore speak. So much of life I cannot control. Here's what I can control. I can control my believing and I can control my speaking. Not a lot outside of that. But that I can control. That I can decide. I can control my believing. I can control my speaking. Those are the two things that I, I cannot speak for Cain. I can't get Abel back. But I can choose what I believe. I can choose the words that come out of my mouth. So Jesus said again, Matthew 12, 35, a good person. Out of the good treasure brings forth good things and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil things let me say it like this believing is what i allow in my heart you decide how much news you're going to watch you decide how much time you're going to scroll on facebook you decide how much outside influence you're going to allow in your spirit you choose your believing Believing is what I allow in my heart. There's a really fine line where I have to stay informed, but not obsessed. 
I gotta be informed about my country. I gotta be informed about my values. I gotta be informed about who I'm gonna vote for. I gotta be informed, informed about my future, but I cannot get obsessed with it. Oh boy, because that will take me right out of the kingdom of God so quick. Yeah? So, so believing is what I allow in my heart. Speaking is what I allow out of my mouth. And those two things I determine. Those two things you determine. No one else can believe for you or speak for you. You have to choose. So I refuse to let a moment of disappointment determine my future. We got to try again. We got to believe again. Abel may be gone. Cain has left. But we must live. We must move forward. We must try again. Let me just pastor you for a second. I'm going to stop preaching for a sec. Let me pastor you. Um, Experience is a really funny thing. Because experience can be so good. And it can be so bad. Experience can be awesome for you. And experience can be really terrible for you. Experience can be a weapon against the devil. Or a weapon against your own faith. Because everybody has experience. Everybody has experienced things in life. But what you do with it and how much you allow the Holy Spirit into it will determine if that is going to be a root of bitterness that's going to ruin your life or if it's going to be a part of your testimony of God's healing power. So I know people who have gone through it and they've got so much joy and they've got this story of God walking them through the valley of the shadow of death and they've got this story of God's faithfulness and they've got this testimony of we didn't know how we were going to make it but God. And when you look at their, their life, you go, I don't even know how you're a Christian. I don't even know how you... This is unbelievable. You are so, and then I know people that, you know, their fridge breaks and they lose their faith. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, (laughs) because we determine our believing. We determine our speaking. We determine I love the amens with the mask on it so funny. It's like, but Griffin, you're helping me. I feel it. I don't know if you can hear it on the stream, but it's like, great, great, good work. Thank you. So I will not allow my life to get stuck in one moment of trauma. I have to allow God to heal my broken heart so that even the most painful moments become a part of God's story, restoration, and healing power that I tell the world. Believe again. Number number two, dream again. Dream again. There is no doubt in my mind, there's no doubt that Adam and Eve needed a season to grieve And maybe you need a season to grieve. 
There is nothing wrong with grieving. There is nothing unspiritual about grieving. There is nothing ungodly about grieving. The apostle Paul said, we grieve, well, excuse me, we grieve as those who have hope. In other words, we grieve even with hope. I'm believing for better things, but right now I'm grieving. There's nothing wrong with grieving. There's, again, Christians are so good at putting a smile on. Praise God, everything's great. Glory to God, praise God. And we don't, even, we don't even know how to grieve. We don't know how to go to counseling. We don't know how to talk to people. We don't know how to pray real prayers. There is nothing wrong with grieving, and there is no doubt that Adam and Eve needed a season to grieve. Grieving can be a way to honor my past. There is nothing wrong with grieving. But dreaming is the way to honor my future. Now don't dream too soon. Take your time to grieve. And grieve with godly people that can keep you grieving with hope. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't want you grieving without hope. Because that's going to that's get dark real quick. So we're going to keep, we're going to let you grieve as long as you need to grieve. We're just going to do it in the name of Jesus, founded on the word of God, still facing the future. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then there comes a point where, okay, I got to start dreaming again. And the grieving honors where I come from, but the dreaming honors where I'm going. And I have to believe that the God who sustained me back there also has a plan for me up here. And so I can't just live back there forever. Eventually, I have to take a move forward. And, and again, that's between you and God. But eventually, there comes a point, and I want to tell somebody that you can dream again. Grieving is the natural and justifiable response to past pain. Dreaming is the supernatural response to God igniting faith in your heart for the future. I'm going to say it again. Grieving is the natural and justifiable response to past pain. But dreaming is the supernatural response to God igniting something in me for my future. And I want to give you the permission to dream again. I want to give you the permission to go back to the dream that was in your heart, that was in your spirit, the thing you were believing God for before all this happened, that was in your, that was in your heart, that was a God dream, that was something that though it has been delayed in this season does not mean it's over. Can I remind you of Joseph where God gave Joseph a dream and then Joseph goes through 17 years of hell on earth, but then one day he sees his brothers again and the Bible said in the book of Joseph, Genesis that Joseph remembered the dream. Can I remind you of the dream? Can I remind you of what God's put in your heart? Can I remind you you're here for a purpose? You're here on purpose. That God has a plan for your life. That you have a destiny. That you are not an accident. I don't know if your parents planned you or not, but God planned you. And God has something incredible for your life. Remember the dream. Dream again. It might be an old dream. It might be a new dream. But get a dream that honors the hope in your heart for a better future. Is this really the time to dream? There's never been a more necessary 
time. Why? Because here's what a dream is. It is a faith picture of my future. The dream is a faith picture of my future. There are some things I'm doing right now in my life that have nothing to do with today. I have a faith picture. I golf this week. I'm golfing twice a week. I golf this week and I shot a 101. That's terrible. But I have a faith picture. I have a 76 faith picture. I have a no longer missing six foot putt faith picture. I have, I have a faith picture that I can read the green one day and not just hack. Why are you laughing at me? I got a faith picture. I go to this thing called Orange Theory four days a week and I stare into the mirror as I run. But I have this faith picture of what I will look like. And it's usually some dude next to me, some Brad next to me. Y'all know Brad? Everybody know Brad? 6'5", 4% body weight. You know Brad? Everybody has, knows a Brad, right? And he's just in the gym like, let's go, dude. This is going to be great. But he's my faith picture. I go, shut up, Brad. I got a faith picture. You got you got to have a faith picture of the future. So much of what I tell my little daughter right now, three and a half years old, has nothing to do with right now. It has to do with my faith picture of where I believe God's going to take her life. So many decisions I make right now have nothing to do with this season. They have everything to do with the faith picture. The dream and the vision is what could be. Yeah, It's what should be. It's what my Holy Spirit imagination will allow. <laughs> this is what makes us unique in all of God's creation. We have this ability to hope. We have this ability to not just think about the past, but to get a clear vision and picture of the future. I live in the now, but I can actually spiritually and emotionally Find joy in what is to come. You go, I don't believe that. Yeah, you do, because you do it in the opposite way. It's called fear. You, you do the exact opposite thing. No, I don't believe my imaginations. That's not, yeah, it is. Because that fear won't allow you to believe for anything. Okay, so look at Acts chapter 2, verse 17. In the last days, God says, and we are in the last days. And they started in Acts chapter 2. In the last days, God's, I'm not, I was, that wasn't a joke. I was just saying, we're in the last days. We're in the, we're in, yeah. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So Dr. David Cho said it like this. He's the pastor of the largest church in the world. He said, dreams and visions are the language of the Holy Spirit. God says, I will pour out my spirit on you and you will dream and have visions. You will be able to live your life not from what is, but you will actually be able to live your life by what could be. It's a vision. It's a dream. It's Holy Spirit led. It's, it's not a dream because you ate too much pizza and, and went to bed late at night. It's not, that, it's not that kind of dream. I'm not talking about the thing you do when your eyes are closed. I'm talking about the thing you do when your eyes are open. 
It's a vision. It's a dream. It's a what could be, what should be. What is, what is the Holy Spirit depositing in my life? Dream again. The dream goes beyond the natural. The dream goes beyond the now. And it gives us a glimpse into the future. The dream in the vision is the manifestation of hope. Because the word hope means a positive expectation of good. I am positively expecting good in my future. That's my dream. That's my vision. The Bible says write it down. The Bible says make it plain. In other words, where you can actually create action steps to get their dream again. Eve, we have grieved long enough. We must try again. Dream again. Lastly, expect again. May have the keys come up. The international church sign that we're almost done. You're giving everyone hope, Zach, right now that we're about to eat breakfast. You're just really, faith is rising. Expect, again, everyone say expectation, expectation. is the breeding ground, the breeding ground. for miracles. Somebody type that in the chat. We're going to say it one more time. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. I'm talking about expect again. She named him Seth. She named him Seth. I told you that Abel means breath, wind, to breathe. Seth means, this is wild. Oh, it's wild. Seth means compensation. I'm telling you, it's payday for somebody in this room right now. I'm telling you, it's payday for somebody watching right now. Compensation. Eve said, God's going to take care of me for what the devil did to my family. The Bible said in the book of Proverbs, if you catch a thief, he must pay back one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. She said, God will compensate me for my pain. Let me remind every Christian we are saved by grace, but we must walk by faith. And God does not reward grace because that's God's part. Hebrews 11 says God rewards faith because faith is our part. God saves us into his kingdom by the pure gift of grace. But then he invites us into a life of faith. Amen. 
she said, God's going to take care of me for what I lost. God's going to pay me back for what I lost. God is going to give me compensation for the years I lost. God would go on to say in the book of Joel chapter 2, and for the years that the locusts have eaten. In other words, where there's been loss in your life, I will restore. She goes, God's gonna, God's gonna do something. God's gonna reward our faith, Adam. We've, we've expected again, we've tried again, we've believed again, we've dreamed again. I'll name him Seth because God is going to take care of us. Revelation 22, verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon. The words of Jesus, and I believe it is soon. Behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me. Recompense meaning payment. He's coming back for his people, and he's going to reward his people for their faith. I'm going to let y'all give God some praise right there. How, how amazing is God that he saves us by grace? There's nothing we can do about it. We respond with faith, and then he rewards us for the faith that we could have never even had except by his grace. That's how good God is. It's like when you give your kid an allowance to do chores around the house that you're going to have to go back anyway and clean up after them because they're going to do a worse job. But then you give them a payment anyway because you just love them. And it's like God empowers us to do this stuff that we really can't even do very well. And then he goes, man, you did a great job. And he is coming soon, bringing his recompense, bringing his payment, bringing his compensation to repay each one for what they have done. This is not a scary scripture. This is an awesome scripture that God would be so good to me that he would actually reward my obedience. Please keep your faith in this season. Please don't quit in this season. Please don't, please don't give up in this season. God sees it. God sees every work. God sees every prayer. God sees every seed sown. God sees God hears and God compensates. <laughs> How good is our God? How great is our God? How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God oh, oh how great is our God sing with me how great is our God Oh, we'll see how great, how great 
today to believe again to dream again to expect again these are such unexpected moments that we're in this is such an unexpected season that we find ourselves in oh but God we are a part of a kingdom that you said was unshakable Oh, we feel the world shaking around us. But thank you, Father, that you would sustain your people through this moment. You did it all through Scripture. You've done it for every generation that has believed in you, and you're going to do it for us too. What a surprising moment we find ourselves in, but we know that we are right in the palm of your hand. So we're going to try again. We're going to keep believing. And we refuse to live in the fear of what might be. We will have hope. Even as David prayed and said, why is my soul so downcast? Put your hope in God. So we choose to right now. Right now we make the choice to believe to speak, and to hope. In the name of Jesus. There's people in this room and there's people watching right now online that maybe have never given their life to Christ or maybe feel far from God, feel like you've disconnected from God. Maybe, I don't know what term you might use. You feel like that prodigal son. You feel like maybe you've lost your faith, backslidden, wherever you're at. I give you the opportunity right now to give your life to Christ or maybe re-surrender your life to Christ. Pray with me. This whole church is going to pray in this room. You're going to pray online. God's going to hear your prayer. Let's all pray together. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. I turn from my old life. I turn to you and I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen. And amen to that. Can we give God some praise for today? Wasn't that a great? Thank you, Lord. I'm so grateful for the word of God. Praise God.